to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That quote is from Winston Churchill. And one more quote for you all before we get started today um, for another perspective on our effective altruism theme. Love only grows by sharing. You can only have more for yourself by giving away to others. And that's from Brian Tracy. And hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, which is a top nonprofit honored by both GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Jovan Hundle. And I'm Siri Panindra. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Please note that our live in-person event, such as our upcoming Moraga Fair, sponsored by energy solution company Green Air, has been postponed due to the ongoing uncertainty of the COVID-19 crisis. We will update our websites with information when we reschedule. But in the meantime, think green and visit www.gogreenair.net. We're thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California State Legislature, actually, that honors Be The Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages, and we're determined to continue our empowering efforts. And without any further ado, let's also get into today's show then. Today's theme is all about effective altruism. And for this first segment, we have a reporter from my Express Yourself host for today, Siri, with another edition of her recurring segment, My Journey of Life. Take it away, Siri. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be back on the show. And I loved today's theme. And I wanted to talk about an experience with someone I know who has autism. And as a child, I was ingrained and instilled with one core value, to be altruistically motivated and try being genuinely caring for the well-being of others. And my parents had been partners of hope for various charities, such as St. Jude, in the country and they have inspired me to be morally motivated in whatever I do or achieve in my life. So I was assigned to Jason's family through the ASD, Autistic Spectrum Disorder Climber Foundation, and I was trained in using the Sunrise Principles to play and interact with Jason and help him reach the developmental goals based on the program model, which has been laid out by the Autism Treatment Center of America in Massachusetts. And the organization basically connects families with volunteers who are trained to engage and take care of autistic children. And so let's get into my personal experience with Jason. And when I first met him, 
I felt that his family was very overwhelmed and in a constant state of stress because of his behavior. And through volunteering, I wanted to bring him bring hope to the family that their child was not alone in this fight against autism. And I personally believe that I can make a difference in someone's life by celebrating each life with love and caringness. And Jason's life deserves a celebration, and I wanted to be part of his world and happiness. So I bond with him on many levels, um, whether that's engaging in activities that stimulate his five senses. And I just wanted to share a few activities that we do together. Um, so I frequently teach him words from the alphabet, which I love doing. And he always tries making an effort to repeat whatever I say, although sometimes he's unable to say the whole world, but word, but that's totally fine. And he's always amused by touch and the feel of buttons, whether it's on a TV remote or washer and dryer or the rough texture of the bottom of his shoes. And he also likes repeating, repeatedly pulling the petals of the flowers, playing in the garden with the hose or playing the same song with his toy guitar or, you know, building and breaking down cardboard castles. And tickling him also brought a gleaming smile on his face. And I felt that, you know, I valued him for being happy in his own world, no matter what is happening around. And I feel many of us can learn that, you know, especially during today's circumstances, that happiness is a choice and you can always, you know, be happy and it's, you can choose to regardless of your circumstances. And Jason, he appreciates the little things in the present moment. And he's not a prisoner of the past or the future. And he's not vulnerable to the stresses of this world. And if I learned one thing from him, I would sum it, sum it up by saying that I learned how to be a fully blossoming life and never experience boredom. And seeing him grow and blossom shaped me as a person and made me appreciate small things. And I feel it's the small things that make our lives super special. And I want to end the segment by saying that even one hug raises someone's spirits. One touch lifts a soul and one life makes a difference. And I feel every life deserves the same celebration. Wow, that was super inspiring. I think that one impression I definitely got from uh, listening to your piece just now was that it really does seem like, you know, a lot of this was like a two-way street. That obviously um, you're, you're greatly assisting Jason, but at the same time, you know, like you're worrying a lot from Jason as well in the process. Would you would you agree with that characterization? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I feel whenever you help someone from your from the bottom of your heart, it's like a two-way process and it affects you and it affects them. And that's why I love volunteering. It's It just makes you happy as well as the other person. And I feel that's just, it gives you a positive vibe and I feel that's super important. Yeah, absolutely. Out of curiosity, uh, how old is Jason and how long have you been working with him? So he's eight years old and um, I've been working with him about one year now. And he lives super close. And through this organization, I was just, you know, I filled out an online form and they connected me with him. And it was great that he was close by so that I could be more frequent with him. Yeah, I think that's really cool, especially like from that age. You know, it's such like formative years. And the fact that you're able to have like such a positive impact on Jason throughout this like um, really, again, like really like important formative years in his life, I think is something that's definitely going to, 
um, like you're going to see like the fruits of your labor down the road then and see like how much you really did help Jason and how, um, you know, like ranging from, of course, like the, the specific activities, like you said, you're like teaching him the alphabet and stuff like that, but also just in terms of like how he lives his life going forward. I think it's a, it's a really great thing that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, um, what are some ways that, you know, you volunteer in the community just to share out some ideas with our listeners? Yeah, I definitely echo your um, thoughts on the benefits of volunteering, obviously, of course, for the community, but as well as even the personal impact. I know that um, one of the things, one of the places where I used to volunteer the most um, back in my hometown was a local blood bank. Because it basically, so it started out as like a local community blood bank that had a couple locations in our county. But then later on, it was taken over, it was sort of merged into the Red Cross as like um, map of like blood tests of blood bank locations. And then so during that time, there's a lot of uncertainty where a lot of the nurses were um, either being replaced, or like they were leaving. And so there was problem on two fronts then in that one there wasn't always enough uh people staffing the blood bank and then two there weren't enough donors a lot of the time so i thought it was really cool to focus a lot of my volunteering on the specific blood bank in my town and you know do stuff to encourage like for example like my friends in high school to come out and volunteer or um then just like of course the various operational stuff going on because i remember um basically the the two places where I would either volunteer would be at the reception and getting everyone checked in and everything because it would be uh, really important to ensure that, you know, the donors coming in to volunteer, uh, coming in to donate were actually fully um, eligible to do so because, you know, you don't want to do them do it too often or if they have certain conditions or if they've had any work recently, then it isn't always the best idea to donate. And so I would either do that or work at the canteen in the back, which would be after someone donates, then you sit with them for about 15 minutes. Uh, you talk to them, you give them snacks, drinks, um, to make sure that, you know, everything's okay for those 15 minutes before you kind of clear them to leave. And so I thought it was really rewarding to um, focus my efforts on a place like this that definitely needed the help, but is also in this sort of, I guess, like industry where it really is vital that there is a constant, you know, um, effort going on in this area. Because, of course, with something like blood donations, they're not necessarily like good for an extended period of time. And they need to be replenished very, very often because it truly can save someone's life. And so I think that was definitely a really rewarding experience. Wow, that's so amazing. And it's kind of one reason why I admire doctors and um, because they save people's lives. And I feel that's just, it's so valuable what they do. Um, even, you know, especially during this time, just doctors are super great. And, you know, people like me and you, we can also volunteer at so many different places. It's not just like, you know, blood shelter or blood, or you can also volunteer at animal shelters. I know a lot of my friends do that since they love animals. Um, another thing is you can volunteer for your city. So something that I do I'm the student rep for the Parks and uh, Community Services Commission at my city, and I help approve these different plans for, you know, our different city facilities, and I feel that, you know, whatever you do, you can help someone, and I'm able to represent the, you know, teenagers in my speak up for them and be like, you know, we think this 
facility could use improvement or we should build a new structure here. And I feel, you know, you can help in your community in any way, shape or form. It's just, you know, it, it's a two-way process and makes you feel good, them feel good. It's like super good. Yeah, I completely agree. I definitely want to um, echo, especially a lot of the things you were saying about, you know, like doctors and a lot of our healthcare workers, because especially um, with the, all the COVID-19 crises going on right now, you know, these are the people really stepping up to the plate um, and doing so much good for community and the world at large. And I think that one thing that's been really uplifting to see while we're on the topic of, you know, like effective altruism is that um, all the altruism that, you know, like right now is being directed at like the healthcare industry, whether it's, you know, um, a lot of people, a lot of like companies even like donating ventilators or donating masks or trying to, you know, shift production in, fac in factories to focus on like products like, you know, maybe even like hand sanitizer that there's shortages of right now, both, um, you know, at, like a retail level, but also within the healthcare system. And so it's really cool that when we're talking about, you know, like not just altruism, but specifically effective altruism, this is something that like right now is having a very real impact and I think deserves to be highlighted. And then also how you were talking about, you know, even on the city level. So yeah, that reminded me of um, how my town, and I think a lot of towns across the country have this as well, like a sort of like, uh, like teenager, like advisory council, which like helps out with a lot of like service projects um, that either the city itself is doing or that they're partnering with different like community-based organizations to do. And I, th I completely agree that that's a great way to, to get involved and also um, be really in touch with your community and understand um, what are the t different, you know, like dynamics at play and everything going on. And so, yeah, I completely echo everything you're saying there. Yeah. So I want you to ask you, especially during this time, COVID-19 and, you know, we should practice social distancing. Um, what do you recommend are some ways that we can reach out to the community and help them from our house without leaving, you know, our house's uh, boundaries, basically? Yeah, I think that's a really important question for right now. I think that, um, you know, there is so much, because basically since, like, of course, so much of the world right now is being conducted virtually, um, there really is a lot of, you know, things that we could be doing, whether it's just, you know, on, super localized, you know, like whether it's just, like, on social media and you're speaking to, I guess, like, your base and, like, everyone who you interact with, but also um, whether it's, like, on in your community and, like, understanding what um, everyone's going through, what they might need. I remember reading a really um, uplifting story, actually, just about a week ago. Of do you know Slack, like the the messaging like platform? Yeah. Water like companies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I was reading about this one like apartment complex in New York City that cr just created a Slack and then like emailed or like texted everyone in the apartment complex to join the Slack. And so basically, it's a way to help out a lot of the people living in that apartment complex with whatever they might need. So for example, there are like elderly um, people living in the complex who like weren't really able to go out to the grocery stores and like stand in those super long lines. And you know, you see examples of people like fighting each other for like a last mm -hmm. roll of like toilet paper. And so the slack was a way for everyone to sort of um, keep tabs on each other and see like, oh, if someone needed help, how best can we, being everybody else who is neighbors with this person, help them? And so I think that was a the really cool and innovative way to um, 
to help people. And I think that's a perfect example right there of, you know, like effective altruism. Oh, yeah, of course. And I just wanted to say that I'm so thankful for the Internet and technology because that's kind of holding our community right now, whether that's, you know, through volunteering or for schoolwork, because right now all of my teachers, they're utilizing Zoom or maybe um, Google Hangouts. And without the Internet, that would be practically impossible. So, yeah, the Internet is definitely aiding us for this one. And going back to um, the Slack example that you gave, I know that a couple of friends and neighbors, they created this food delivery service for elderly people. And basically, if you know an elderly who needs uh, delivery of food, then you can just shoot these people a text and they will bring the vegetables and fruits back to your home for no charge. And I feel that's just something that can be utilized for elderly people or people who cannot leave their houses. And um, another thing that I wanted to add was I saw a video going viral on Instagram and it was a DJ playing music um, in Italy and he was like in a house uh, that was closely connected to many other houses and he was just blasting out this like good music and I thought, wow, you can do anything to make someone happy. And that's just, there are no limits to being, you know, altruistically motivated in life. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that um, you bring up a really important point and we talk about, you know, the internet's power right now um, for creating good. I think that one thing that if we say about that is just like its power as a communication platform, like during such like a public health scare, you know, of course, um, there's a level of you know, just wanting to make sure that you yourself is aware of everything going on and knowing all the public health stuff, whether it's, you know, like directives from the government or whether it's um, research from scientists, whether it's uh, anything from like journalists or anything like that, just like knowing yourself, um, all the public health stuff going on. But also, I think another really important example of the Internet being a great communication platform right now is that I learned about, I had never even heard of this before, about like this specifically being a thing to look out for right now. But I saw on this on Instagram, actually, because a lot of my friends were like sharing this. It was this post that went viral that was encouraging people, unless they absolutely needed to, it was encouraging them to not go shopping um, within the first couple days of each month. So for right now, you know, like the first couple days of April, because mm -hmm. a lot of people under like the WIC program get their uh, get their ability to buy these groceries through the WIC program um, on the first of each month. And so it was giving, you know, like a buffer for those first couple of days for families who are really, really in need of uh, and really in want right now. And so I think that this this went viral and a lot of people were like commenting that, wow, yeah, like I'm not going to go to the grocery store then for um, you know, a significant amount of time past like the first of the month, I think the recommended was until like, you know, like April 3rd and stuff because of people who really need to go during those days because that's when they get their WIC benefits. Um, and so that's something that, for example, I wouldn't have like heard about if it wasn't for, you know, a lot of my friends sharing that on Instagram. And so the internet as a powerful communication tool right now is definitely something that um, I think should be emphasized. Yeah, of course. And something related to what you said, I know a few convenience stores, they're basically limiting people um, from entering the store unless they're an elderly person for a specific time. 
So, for instance, like 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. is only limited to elderly people. And I just, it's just so great how our community, it stays strong during these hard times. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is such a, such a perfect example of a time where everyone really is coming together. You know, we talk about all the time how, you know, we're so divided or we're so polarized. And obviously this doesn't necessarily completely mask over certain aspects of that, but it really is a, like a testament to like the resilience of the human spirit, the way that mm -hmm. we see so many communities and people coming together at this time. And it really, you know, highlights the fact that, you know, what the, the similarities, you know, we all share are far greater than the differences that always seek to divide us. And so I think that's such a, um, such a heartwarming and, wholesome thing coming out of all this time. And so, yeah, that was a really great conversation. I'm really glad, Siri, that you were able to share your experiences with our listeners. Um, and I'm sure they learned a lot about effective altruism from your experiences, and I know I did as well. Um, but unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. Um, as a reminder for our audience, Be the Star You Are for Teens, um, as well as our newest establishment of our anthology series entitled Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available now and can be found at starstylestore.net. Um, you know, it's an anthology featuring a lot of what me and Siri have been talking about right now, these positive human experiences, um, their effects on our authors, their effects on our authors' communities, and so it goes over a lot of these different topics as well. And if you're looking for a new book to read, especially at a time like this, um, definitely consider picking up a copy. Uh, but yeah, I'm Jovan Hundle. And I'm Siri Panindra. Your purchase benefits the Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So please make sure you get your copy today. You can check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative Be The Star You Are videos on living, laughing, and learning. You can also visit us at www.btsya.org. And check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Keep on listening as we continue our conversation on effective altruism. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Jovan Hundel, and in this next segment, we'll be joined by Jennifer Armstrong, who's the author of Pop Star Goddesses, a compendium of 40 incredible female pop stars whose energies, virtues, and vices make them the ideal role models for our age. Powerful women who can teach us all how to discover our own inner goddess. Jennifer grew up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, where she spent most of her time putting on shows in her parents' garage, studying TV Guide, devouring Sweet Valley High books, lip-syncing to Debbie Gibson, and memorizing every note of every George Michael song. Uh, this finally came in handy where she, when she got a job at Entertainment Weekly, where she worked for a decade. Yeah, and our guest Jennifer also writes for several publications, including Billboard, New York, and Refinery29. She's the author of many books, including the New York Times bestsellers Enfieldia, How a Show About Nothing Changed Everything, and Marianne Lau and Rhoda and Ted, and all the brilliant minds who made the Mary Tyler Moore show a classic. We are very, very excited to have Jennifer joining us today, so let's get straight into it. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I wanted to start off with how did the idea for Pop Star Goddesses come about? Just by reading your blurb, it's just so interesting how you talk about, you know, Ariana Grande and Britney Spears, Beyonce. And so how did the idea come about? Yeah, um, I personally am a very big, like many people, very big Beyonce fan and mm-hmm. a very big Britney Spears fan. And so I've, you know been sort of like I've looked up to them I'm obsessed about I've obsessed about them I've you know studied their careers I love their music and um, I just started to think about how much how we kind of have these pop stars that we love and want to kind of almost like evoke their energy in our lives right like you you have that idea of like I have a sign above my desk that says what would Beyonce do you know and um I, I like, it's a joke. My sister gave it to me, but I kind of sometimes live by it. I find myself <laughs> looking up at it when I'm, you know, maybe on an important phone call for work and need to be strong. I think like, what would Beyonce do, you know? And so I started to think about how I think we, a lot of us fans of, especially female pop stars really have that relationship with them where it's like, I see Britney Spears, you know, working out really hard on her Instagram and it inspires me to do the same. And so I just started thinking how fun it would be to really look at a bunch of different pop stars since the nineties, essentially, and see how they do that in our lives and the ways that we maybe can even capitalize on that to do that more and to empower ourselves. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's um, really interesting is that when you look at, you know, a book like this, Pop Star Goddesses, it's kind of interesting to think about, like, what exactly, like, the genre is. And, like, listening to you talk about it, like, how these people can, like, inspire you to change things or do things differently, then would you say that it's also, like, a book about, like, self-care? Absolutely. And, I mean, especially now, you know, um, I think that we can all use a lot of self-care. And I did kind of mimic, you know, self-help books here in a sense. There are sections at the end of each essay about each goddess. There's like a little 
section that has not only a playlist, but also some activities you can do to kind of evoke the energy, as we say, of this pop star goddess, whether it's, you know, do a dance routine or go work out or do some yoga or um, light some incense or whatever. And there's also journaling questions uh, that can kind of provoke some thoughts for you to write down. And I think that it's a really good time for that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it allows a little bit of an escape while you're still kind of like in reality and in touch with yourself and your own feelings. And so I think that this allows a lot of self-care and gives you new options for that besides just like take a bubble bath, which is also nice too. But this is <laughs> kind of a, you know, more fun way of doing that. And you can pick which energy you're into at the moment. If you want to be more like chill, you can go with kind of a Casey Musgraves. If you want to get a little politically active, you can look at somebody like MIA, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different options for your moods, which I think all of us are having a lot of different moods right now. Oh, yes, definitely. Especially <laughs> during this time, I think it's like yeah. really, really relevant. Yeah. Um, so out of curiosity, what are some examples of energies that you emphasize? Um, like, for example, Beyonce, let's say, what, what energy does she showcase that we can also use in our lives? Beyonce was a funny one for me because I think we can all agree she's sort of the the goddess of the goddesses. You know, she's in the middle of our sort of team of goddesses on the front of the book for a reason. And so she was kind of hard because it's almost like she's the goddess of everything in some ways. And I think she represents so many different things to so many different people. For me, I actually decided to go a little maybe different from what some people would choose. And I really looked at, I actually, the way I phrased it is she was the goddess of power through sacred partnership, which is a fancy way of saying, um, I, it, I think it's really interesting her relationship with her husband, Jay-Z and the ways that she has turned from what we can tell from the outside, she has turned kind of some difficulties into her sources of power in really surprising ways. And something that came up throughout the book even was I hadn't thought of it at first until I started writing that most of these women actually drew their powers from the hardest times in their lives. So if you have a big career like this in the public eye, you're almost bound to go through some difficulties publicly if you're around long enough. And time and time again, I realized that those were the things that gave these women their power and their strength and their unique, their unique energies that I talk about. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting, you know, like concept to dive into too, because you look at like, like how you're talking about Beyonce and how that like relationship is maybe like how she's been able to maybe even like use that as like an outlet for then like her body of work as well. Like if you mm -hmm. look at like just the trajectory from, you know, like her releasing Lemonade to then Jay-Z releasing 444, but then them like coming together to release an album. And I think it is a really interesting concept to think about, you know, like how like, for example, these goddesses use their, their work to um, as like a sort of like catharsis maybe. And like, I think that there's definitely something that we can all learn from that. And I think um, another thing, and so I, uh, kind of on that topic, I wanted to ask, so how will people then, upon reading Popstar Goddesses, how would you say that they'll then be able to apply the ideas like to their own daily lives? 
I think that's where, you know, we actually, we arranged it so it's in alphabetical order. And if you look at the table of contents, I don't usually talk about things like this here, but I swear I have a point. Um, you know, if you look at that, you can see both, you know, the listing of all the goddesses and the energies they represent right there. And so I kind of wanted to have it so that you could find your favorites easily in the alphabetical order. And you can also look there and find the energies that attract you and just go directly there. You don't have to read it you know, from the front to the back in order. You can skip around depending on your mood. And that way you can look and you can see, you know, am I wanting to be more, you know, like Carly Rae Jepsen is the goddess of the non-guilty pleasure. She's sort of the goddess of fun, essentially, without guilt. So if that's what you want that day, you can just go there and, you know, play her playlist and read about her and do some of the activities. If you are, you know, maybe you're more into the idea of Janelle Monet, who is the goddess of coming into your own. You know, it just depends on where you are, what your mood is like, or what you need to kind of counterbalance. Maybe you want the exact opposite of the mood that you're in. So you look for somebody like Carly Rae Jepsen being fun that day, you know, because you kind of are in a bad mood. So I think that that allows people to kind of pick what they want. I hope people will also learn about some new goddesses though, as well. You know, I, I put in a few, um, left field choices, you know, that may not be what you'd expect just so that I hoped people might want to learn about someone like an MIA or a Laura Jane Grace or a Carla Bruni, you know, in addition to seeing their favorites like Mariah Carey or Pink or Kelly Clarkson, who a lot of us know. Oh, yes. <laughs> I feel this is a really interesting concept. And, you know, it gives you solace by reading about these empowering women. And I just I just love the idea. And how are you striving to change the perspective people view pop stars or the idea of goddess worship? Uh, well, I think that um, we tend to not take pop stars very seriously. And this is not to say this is a heavy book at all. It's very, you know, it's a very fun, light topic. And I don't want to, you know, make it too, too serious. But I think that you can see while reading their career stories in this, that they really have been through a lot. A lot of these women have really overcome quite a bit. We don't all necessarily pay attention to every detail of these women's lives, but I was even shocked as a person who knows a lot about these women. When I did some of the research, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, even Britney Spears, who I love and follow, when I really put it all together, I went like, wow, she really went through a lot. And so I hope that people sort of see that. And maybe, maybe it isn't necessarily even taking them more seriously, but also just like realizing their humanity and their flaws and their strengths, you know? So I hope people see that here and can kind of connect to that and then use that for their own personal empowerment. And in the same way, I mean, when I looked at ancient goddesses and goddess traditions, you see over and over again that they have these complicated backstories too. That's why I love them. And they're not just straightforward, like perfect beings. They all often have, you know, draw their strength from their downfalls and their flaws as well. So that was kind of why I made that parallel. And it's really, that's why I think normal people can draw strength from it because we, we feel flawed and then we can see that they turn their flaws into strengths. 
I really love that message. And I think um, something that came to mind also when looking at this is so I'm really curious about, you know, like with your subject being something like as dynamic as the music industry then, I'm really mm-hmm. curious about, you know, like the publishing process then. So were there, you know, like people who like looking back at it now, like if you were to do like a sequel to this or something, would there be other like newer artists that you'd also like to include? Oh God, yes. It was so hard. Even 35 was so many to do as a person who had to research and write it. So that had to be it. But yes, you know, it takes like a year to make a book. And so in that time, to me, the there's there's many, but the biggest ones that just stood out right away, I knew the minute that I saw them, I was like, oh, they would be in there if I could do it, um, were Billie Eilish and Lizzo. Uh, oh, these, yes. Right? Like they both, I mean, <laughs> I would even now I'm starting to think about like a Dua Lipa or somebody like that as well, who I love. Mm. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of new pop girls out there doing it, but, um, it, those two in particular, because they represent, they were, first of all, they were huge, right? Last year, those two people are probably the biggest stars to come out of music last year. Mm. And, they what's something that I looked for in my goddesses was not just do I like their music, but do they represent something special and specific that no one else does? And I think both of them do. Lizzo is so incredibly confident and just like a symbol of empowerment from minute one from the minute she comes out, you know, um, and her songs, everything, the whole package is right there. And then Billie Eilish is like, I mean, this is why we all love her, right? She's this incredibly talented, um, and I mean this in a in a complimentary way, weird girl, right? She's like a she's like this like totally unique, artsy, cool, strange, unique person that just is like unlike anything we've seen. If you look at thirty five goddesses here, none of them sound like Billie Eilish, right? Yeah. And that's amazing and she's just this massive star now and she seems to be handling it really well too as someone that young so those two in particular and yeah there's a number of others like Halsey and Dua Lipa who are coming up who are like almost there (laughs) you know (laughs) it's weird but I've almost developed like a little bit of a sense for it it's like even somebody like Ariana Grande or Demi Lovato like they were right on the edge when I was first putting this together and then by the time this was really coming together, I was like, oh no, they're definitely in there. That's great. They're perfect for this. But it takes a little while to, to, for most artists to kind of find that unique identity and the energy, as we say, that they represent. And I think that that's what makes pop stars stick around with people is because they really mean something to people that's special as opposed to just like, I make catchy songs, which I love catchy songs too, but it has to kind of all come together, you know? Yeah, I think there's definitely yeah, like definitely. a trajectory there of like being growing to become like more comfortable in your own skin. Like you're saying, like there are people like sort of on the edge, but now you would definitely put them in. I think that definitely like follows that arc like within their own careers of being more like confident and being more yeah like I guess comfortable in their own skins. Yeah, exactly. And I oh, you know who was really like right on the edge that got in was Cardi B. She was oh, one. Yeah. She is another really good example of somebody where, and all of those those three, Cardi B and Lizzo and um, Billie Eilish, they're they're really special in that these were kind of their big breakthrough moments, and their breakthrough moments they were immediately clear like who this person was and what she represents, right. you know. 
Um, so Cardi B's playlist in the book is mainly just like, here's my, a lot of her first album, you know, um, <laughs> whereas if you're doing a Jennifer Lopez or Britney Spears or a Beyonce playlist, you're going through many, many years of songs. But Cardi B was just like out of the box, boom, this huge personality who mm. was totally unique. And I, the minute I saw her, I was like, oh, she has to be in there. And I basically had to learn about her as she was coming out because I was writing about her as that was happening. <laughs> Mm, definitely and I feel their music it just gives out some sort of vibe and it just like puts you in a positive zone and you can definitely tell through their music that you know they're really strong ladies who have been through a lot of adversity especially the messages that they portray through their songs and I wanted to ask you um, which goddess do you most identify with or if you had the opportunity to meet one um, which one would it be? I mean, God, it would be so hard for me. Uh, like, I'm going to just leave Beyonce out of it because I feel like we all understand that, like, Beyonce is the first choice of everything. <laughs> um, so, like, if it weren't Beyonce and, you know, definitely Britney, I love her and she's always in my heart. Um, but I think I'm just, like, completely giving you 17 answers to this instead of one. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like right now two people I'd really love to talk to, I'm already saying two, is I'd say Jennifer Lopez, um, really having a moment this year with the Super Bowl and everything, and she's mm. 50. And if nothing else, I just want to know, like, everything she does all day. Like, what is her workout and what is she, what her skin cream? Um, and also just, like, how she survived it all. She's really incredible. But I'm also really interested in Taylor Swift and... Right now, um, especially, I just think she's had some really interesting and an interesting past couple of years. And something that really struck me while I was writing about her was her business mind and decisions. Mm -hmm. And that um, that's something I'm just like, I feel like I could have a really good conversation with her and that she would have good advice for any of us trying to sort of make mm -hmm. it in the business world, because it is not easy to do what she has done, you know? And that's, I, I just, I had ju just recently watched her documentary on Netflix too and saw more of that. So I'd love to talk to her about both songwriting and uh, her business mind. Sure. And I think, um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is so, you know, just like looking at, so you've written about a lot of these um, like pop stars, you've written about Seinfeld, Mary Tyler, more show, Sex in the City. And so I wanted to know, um, so what it, what draws you to writing about, you know, like a lot of these pop culture topics? And how does like the research process for something like this go? Sure. Um, you know, it's funny, those, those, my other books about TV seem different, but it's not as different as it seems. Like what I'm really interested in is the ways that pop culture affects our real lives and the ways that we kind of connect to it and we draw inspiration from it, make decisions, you know, based on it, any of those things. And so the, in that way, I think those, they're all very similar. Uh, and then the really fun part comes once I pick a topic, because I get to just like indulge in this fun stuff for a long time. And you know, the way that you kind of want to nerd out about stuff and 
fall down an internet hole, but you're like, oh, I have other things to do. I get to do that and be like, no, I'm working. And so that's, that's what I really love. It's something that I've always loved since I was a kid as I would go to the, you know, library or the computer and just like look up and learn about everything, you know, to do with something that I loved. And that is the part that is the most fun. I wish I could have spent a year on each of these women, you know, it's, it's just such a joy. Mm, these women definitely sound super inspiring. I wish I could meet at least one of them in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get their signature, take a picture. Those Absolutely. Are <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing all of these fascinating tidbits about a variety of subjects, as well as telling us all about your new book. Audience, be sure to pick up a copy of Jennifer's new book, Popstar Goddesses, and also check out more about Jennifer and all of her achievements at our website, jenniferkarmstrong.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at the handle jmkarmstrong. Also, support our show and learn about upcoming Be The Star You Are events at bethestarur.org. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Jovan Hondul. Uh, make sure to show your love for more segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. And also check out our site to find more about BTSYA. And make sure to stick with us to keep hearing more about today's theme of effective altruism. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for our special effective altruism-themed show. I'm Siri Panindra, and on this segment, my co-host Jovan will be doing the latest installment of his segment, World Watch. Take it away, Jovan. Thanks, Siri. Um, I'm really glad to be coming back on to both host today's show and also do another World Watch segment, as it's been quite a while since my last one. 
Um, and ever since my last appearance, a lot has changed. I started my freshman year of college, for which the final quarter of our school year is starting, of course, amidst the global upheaval of COVID-19, which I feel has lended me a pretty interesting backdrop for the segment. Um, with all this change going on in my life on a personal level, but also on a more macro societal level, I feel like I've been exposed you know, to a whole new understanding of uh, for a whole new level of understanding for such a great theme as effective altruism. And so for today's segment, I wanted to continue, you know, a lot of the things that me and Siri were talking about in the first segment and talk about the topic of effective altruism on a, you know, more individual scale and how this topic relates to people in terms of what individuals have done throughout all this and what they're able to do. And so I think that, um, you know, just with a lot of my experiences working, you know, like, volunteering in the past or doing community service, um, working for nonprofits, or even just having, you know, friends who would have to do community service requirements for high school and everything like that. I think there's a pretty common theme about people wanting to volunteer and not really knowing where to start, even though they do want to help. And so I think that that's definitely something that I've come across with um, Be The Star You Are, which is reaching a lot of these people. And so, you know, sometimes getting attention in like the nonprofit sector can be a lot harder than it seems. Um, but, you know, of course, like Be The Star You Are, like we were recognized by a lot of these different companies that do help sift through a lot of these nonprofits, whether it's like GuideStar or great nonprofits, they've, they've given us attention. And I think that goes a long way in definitely reaching people who do want to help but just don't know how to necessarily get involved. And I think something that's definitely helped out BTSYA um, with that visibility issue is, you know, with a lot of the community service stuff that the organization does is it focuses on a lot of ideas that are pretty adaptable and also like recurring. So for example, I remember one of my proudest um, moments of working with BTSYA was when I spearheaded back in, I think it was 2018, the Operation Hurricane Disaster Relief. And so it was helping out with um, people, it was helping out with people who fell victims to a lot of these hurricanes going on, and also with the wildfires in California, I was able to work with our producer and founder, Cynthia Bryan, with um, different wildfire disaster relief efforts, for example, in Northern California. And so I think it's it's definitely interesting to, when you're trying to reach people and get them involved, when you have different efforts going on that directly affect people they know or directly affect something that, you know, they're reading about in the news, I think that operates a great um, window for something to get involved. And I think kind of um, transitioning then into everything that's going on right now with the corona coronavirus crisis and the um, ensuing economic disruption, this is a great example of a time where innovative ideas and pursuits can really go a long way. And so these can be really hyper-focused, as me and Siri were talking about in the first segment, we're talking about, for example, the Slack chat that, you know, like a New York City apartment complex has created, and now all these different members of that apartment complex are using this to help out um, their neighbors, whether it's getting groceries, whether it's helping them with whatever they need to be done. This is a perfect example of a really innovative idea um, coming to the forefront of the conversation at a time like this. And, um, in addition to that, I think that um, me being in my freshman year of college has definitely let me to have exposure on a lot of these topics. Because, you know, like, 
when you think about a college being its own community, you definitely see that manifest in a lot of really interesting ways. I think um, something that is definitely coming to mind is when everyone had to, or most people had to move out of their dorms, and then a lot of the classes just continued in an online format. A lot of people, a lot of students really went out of their way to make sure that the disruption on other students' lives would be minimized as much as possible. So, for example, there was um, a lot of petitions, first of all, going to, you know, at the university administration just to make sure that everything was as transparent as possible. And then there are other petitions to make things, you know, more um, more, more simpler for a lot of the people who were going to be affected by this crisis and make things a lot simpler for them, whether it's, you know, in terms of strictly academic stuff, you know, like grading processes and how that ended up getting changed for classes with different classes adopting uh, just like a pass-fail format. Or also whether it was people who needed to fly back home, you know, across the country. And so there was people offering to drive them to the airport, help them pack, help them store things um, here near the university, even though they had to go back home. Or in the meantime, if they couldn't get a flight set up soon, um, even people who lived in the area opening up their houses to have people stay there. There were fundraisers for a lot of people to, um, a lot of people who needed uh, different objects, materials, or needed things to help pack with, needed places to go. There were a lot of these fundraisers going on. And so I think it was really heartwarming to see everyone sort of converging as one community and helping people and a lot of things that, you know, without this help, a lot of people would really have sort of been at a loss. And I think that that is the one, I think, enduring silver lining of Christ, a lot of different crises is that it really does show that resilience of the human spirit. And I think that um, being able to be exposed to a lot of this stuff very firsthand with my own college community um, really helping the most vulnerable, I think has been a really heartwarming thing. And so, yeah, I think the topic of effective altruism, again, is just such an important one at this time because there is, you know, that constant question that isn't crisis specific of people always wanting to help and not knowing where to start, I think blends really well with a time like this where there really are so many places they can help, so many things that they can help with. And so I think this is really something that brings out the best in people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. That was a great informative segment. And I want to ask you a question, Joven. And how do you personally think that nonprofits can differentiate themselves and can gain attention from donors? Yeah, I think that's a really important question, you know, because a lot of times it'll be sort of um, like larger and more established nonprofits uh, getting a lot of the attention. And I think that one thing that definitely bears note is that a lot of these smaller nonprofits are very uh, community focused. And so they'll hold events like as, for example, um, Be The Star You Are does in Moraga and other places, you know, like in the Bay Area. They'll hold um, events of their own. They'll have booths at different existing community events. And so I think it's really great when you can really reach a lot of the people directly that um, your organization is trying to help. It lends itself a lot then to, um, you know, recruiting new volunteers or getting attention, helping get fundraising, all that. And so I think that's definitely a way that, you know, a lot of that can happen. Oh, yeah. So basically outreach. And um, we actually had a show about outreach last week and we kind of covered this as well. 
And my last question before the segment's over, Jovan, but what do you personally think about the community service requirement? Because um, I know that it's good in a way for high schools to make it mandatory, but at the same time, it's defeating the purpose of just being motivated in life to give back to the community. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic because, you know, it, of course, um, gets people to get it gets people involved in the sector. I think one really important thing that must be done with these is directly giving people opportunities. And like, for example, not necessarily limiting them to specific opportunities, but really making it clear that there are a lot of existing stuff out there that could really use your help on stuff. And hopefully that will then foster an enduring sense of community service amongst these people. Mm, Definitely. Well, thank you, Jovan, for sharing all of your thoughts. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. Audience, please support BTSYA and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs on our main site at bethestarur.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Jovan Hundle. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and of course our Voice Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Um, thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Always remember to strive to be altruistic, keeping in mind that you as an individual can always affect change. And speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars get shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself